0: Let me paint a picture for you. You're walking along the road of life. You're in therapy. You meditate. You do your morning pages. You even engage in self-care. You think, you know, healing is a process, but honestly, I'm doing great. Then you get into a relationship. And bam, you're hit with a sack of triggers you never even knew existed. And you have to delve even deeper into your own self-development work and examine things in a way that you never really could have alone. If this is you... Same. (laughs) And today, my boyfriend and I are going to discuss mental health within the context of a relationship, how we navigate it, and how you can too. Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and multi-passionate creative. And this show is meant to give you tools to help you love, trust, and know yourself enough to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, And since mental health is something that most people, and especially people pursuing a creative path, have to prioritize, every episode this month will involve mental health topics. I'd like to take this moment to welcome my love, my boyfriend, Timothy Michael Blewett, aka Timmy. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me back.
0: So today, Timmy, we're going to talk about mental health in the context of relationships. By the way, we're recording from bed in my bedroom, so it might sound a little echoey, but we wanted to be comfortable because the closet is really stifling, stifling, and it's just small and sweaty in there. So we're in here and it's super fun and intimate and we're welcoming you into bed with us. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Relationships. There are things that go on and trigger points that you may have that you can't really know until you're in a relationship with another person. And This can apply, you know, not only if if you're not in a romantic relationship right now, you listening, this could apply to any deep, intimate relationship, such as a parent-child relationship, a deep best friendship, a sibling relationship. But for the sake of this conversation, we're going to focus on romantic. So the first thing we want to delve into is where each of us was at when we met, when we started dating, mental health-wise, and our preconceived notions of what would happen when we were in a good quote-unquote relationship. So Timmy, you said something pretty insightful, and I would love for you to, to share it with our dear listener.
1: So I think a lot of this talk that, that you and I were engaged in stemmed from a post that I saw from the holistic psychologist a couple weeks ago where it was talking about the healing journey and how the healing journey of an individual can look very different and the healing journey of an individual in relationship with a romantic partner, and she was talking about how like you can be alone and you can be on a healing journey and you, and single and you could be like wow like I'm really doing the work and I'm and I'm finding so much out about myself and new self discovery and new healing, and the moment that you are in a romantic relationship, it feels like some of that work can come undone or like you don't know who you are or things are unraveling like you're just getting triggered and and pain is coming up and i thought like wow that's kind of similar to how i felt a little bit when Mm -hmm. when we first started dating because when i met you it was probably the middle of the pandemic yeah so 2021 and um, I was very much single and I was very much on like a...
0: And you'd been single, to be clear, for a long time. Yeah. Like, you had never in your adulthood had a long-term romantic partner. Mm-hmm. So this was a huge shift.
1: hmm Yeah. 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 And e- even at that time, like as a as a single young man, like I was on a... At that very particular moment in human history of... The pandemic, twenty twenty one, like I was on very much a an individual healing journey with myself of like, how do I come to terms with what the world is going through? How do I come to terms with how I'm receiving everything that's going on around me? Where do I want my life to go? This sort of a thing, and so I was really delving into my past, and I was reading a lot of healing literature, um, Louise Hay and uh, Gabor Mate and um, a, a lot of these spiritual leaders, forward thinkers that were like, you can heal yourself and take back your own life and and look into your trauma and heal yourself. And I thought like, wow, like I'm, I'm really getting it. I really understand it. I love this. You and I met and we, we started going out on dates and we started learning more about each other. And I think shortly thereafter, just because we were in a romantic partnership
0: and like a deep romantic partnership that we were sharing a lot pretty quickly I mean like we we fell in love really fast and we tried to slow it down a couple times but it just didn't work because we really are compatible but I think something interesting that happens when you meet someone who is really good for you is like your heart knows what it wants Before your brain can really like catch up to it. Mm -hmm. So there were times when I think we both recognized, like, oh my God, we're moving so fast, but we couldn't stop it. Like it felt unnatural to stop it. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes because we move so fast, like we felt closer than we had actually maybe earned at times, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like we didn't actually know each other that well, but we felt like we knew each other better than we did because we do have a soul connection. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I think also too, like that, the mirror that you were holding up for me, it just, just in our partnership together or communication together was a mirror that I would not have been able to be confronted with or shown had I just stayed by myself on my own healing journey. You know, like, like it was very important for me to be on my own and, like, self-discovery and, and this path that sometimes, like, being single is necessary so mm-hmm. that you can look at yourself. And when you and I really wanted to get to know one each o- one another and be together and, and be in communion together, inevitably, we were holding up mirrors to each other. And there were things yeah. that, like, we couldn't have confronted within ourselves if we didn't have one another to say, like, hey, like, that hurt me or like hey that brushed up against a pain point and and sometimes not even having the awareness or knowledge to be able to say that like we had to learn those words and that style of communication because at first it was like like ouch yeah ouch that you hurt me (laughs) as opposed to now we're at a place where we can say like hey this is kind of triggering for me because in my past X, Y, and Z happened and being very attentive and attuned to that. But I would not have reached points like that in my own life if you hadn't been there along with me and been doing the work yourself individually and been doing the work together with me and reaching that moment and motive of communication of like, let's talk about this. Let's grow together.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, and it's something that I've shared with you, I was in a relationship for almost seven years, as you know, and most people listening know I was in a relationship from the time I was 23 to the time I was 30, and some change because we dabbled after that. (laughs) Dabbling. I did the backslide, but in that relationship, there was so much going on. It was so chaotic, and it was all at the hands of the other person to the point where I never really had to look at myself. I mean, I was still doing my own individual work and questioning how it was that I'd gotten into a relationship that was the way it was, which was like largely codependent and um, there were like, you know, many issues at play such as drinking and unresolved childhood trauma that resulted in anger and aggressive behavior. But there was so much chaos going on with my partner at the time that I never really had to look at myself. And I think in a big way... It's not like I consciously chose that, but I do think that there was a part of me that liked being the good guy all the time. Mm -hmm. And so when I got into a relationship with somebody who was already on a healing journey and who was really good for me and a good human, not to say the other person wasn't, but like had a lot of demons, Mm -hmm. um, but somebody who was a good human and aware of the things they were working on, it was like, whoa, wait. I have to do work now. This is bullshit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're forced to take some accountability. <gasps> yeah, just in a in a partnership, in a
0: normal way. Yeah,
1: a healthy way.
0: Yeah, so that was that was shocking and really difficult for me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and also necessary for my growth because the thing is in a relationship. You let yourself get messy in a, in a romantic relationship. You let yourself get messy in a way that few other relationships allow you to. Just because you you can't hide. Mm-hmm. Like it would be really nice if you could hide your mess. But in a romantic relationship, if you're both coming to the table authentically, you are going to show some parts of you that you maybe don't love. Your shadows gonna come out. Parts of you you will rub up against the edges of your partner and it will ensue in an uncomfortable conflict sometimes yeah
1: Yeah. well this is something that i get it has been a struggle of mine where when i'm single like if if there's conflict or something annoys me or i don't like the way something is going Mm -hmm. i can just walk away oh and I, i think that can be really healthy in some instances, where it's like, "Whoa, this is not for me. I'm just gonna walk away. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it." But when it comes to being with you and like wanting to be with you and wanting to build with you, mm-hmm. that tactic no longer works.
0: Right, and you tried it once.
1: Yeah, and I think I tried d- it more than once. Didn't go well. <laughs> the, yeah, because it can't. Because you <laughs> like, if I if I avoid the conflict, yeah, no growth can happen. So in those moments, I think it's what you're showing me is something that I could work through and build upon that I otherwise would not have had access to because I easily could have washed my hands of it and been like, I'm not handling this. I'm not dealing with this conflict. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk away. And then there's no room for growth in that area. But being with you in a romantic relationship, I'm confronted with that. And we have to work together to figure it out. And I think in terms of like, The mental health aspect of it all is looking at those trigger points and seeing like, I'm not bad, you're not bad, you're not wrong, but it's there's a conflict. How do we handle this in a healthy, emotionally intelligent way and move on?
0: Well, and I think there's so much to break down from what you said, but one thing I do want to talk about just in general is conflict because... Mm. So I came from a really high conflict past relationship and there was like conflict when the conflict happened in the past relationship it got bad and I was like never physically abused or anything but it was like scary and so I had the idea that when I met the person I was supposed to be with which I do believe Timmy is yeah. that I would basically be floating on a cloud for the rest of my life and no Mm -hmm. problems would ever touch me ever again. And, And definitely no fighting at all. And so what I had to realize is that conflict is normal. It's not like destructive. There's a difference between two people coming to a point and being authentic in that moment and not agreeing and then working through it and finding a way to compromise and move on and hear each other and work together and like honestly like the difference with you as opposed to any other relationship i've been in is that every time we do have a conflict we get closer number one and that same issue like the same iteration of that issue never happens ever again Mm -hmm. we always heal move on and so anyway, to circle to a, to another thought about this, something that happened when we first started dating was I kept going to my therapist, Jessica, and being like, is this normal? Is this normal? <laughs> is this okay? Because I had been in relationships that to this point were subpar. And so like, I just literally didn't have a grasp on like, what does a normal good relationship look like? Like, I know I'm madly in love with this person, and I know that we have so much compatibility, but like, is a conflict normal? I couldn't figure that out.
1: Yeah. And conversely, me coming from not really having intimate romantic relationships in my adulthood, I also was thinking, it is this normal? Like this style of conflict, the conflicts that are coming up, what is normal about this? And what, like, if it's if it's not normal, how should I be dealing with this? Is this mm-hmm. normal? Like I was having the exact same thoughts in my mind. And we, we come from two different places. Yeah. Like you coming from a romantic relationship and me not having been in one for yeah. a long time.
0: I want to ground this in some sort of example. So we're not just like vaguely talking the whole time because I think it can be helpful for people. Mm. So one thing was like communication styles. And so Timmy comes from a family where they don't talk on the phone. I come from a family where we talk constantly on the phone every day every day multiple times a day if possible i like to talk to my parents at least 20 minutes a day in tim's life like people only called when something was wrong yeah and in my life if you don't call people think something's wrong (laughs) (laughs) so when i met him i called him one night and he was like is everything okay and i was like what and then After a while, I just started feeling like I was bothering him when I was calling him. And then he's like, oh, he made some comment like, oh, you're calling me again. And I was like, yeah, why do you act like it's such a bother? And then it like (laughs) devolved and I started crying. And (laughs) you were like, (laughs) you actually were really sweet. You like came over and brought me roses and wine because you felt bad. And like, you know, but. That communication has definitely been something we've had to negotiate, realizing that we have exact opposite styles and finding a way to meet in the middle. And like even our attachment styles are pretty different and sometimes conflicting. Yeah, you know?
1: like I have a avoidant, yeah attachment, and I'm anxious. I yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's just like that was that was hard to discover and then to work around. But I think the more vulnerable we've been able to be together, the easier it is. I can kind of call out what's happening within me and, and ask you that, that was a big one. That was a big one that was helpful that my therapist helped me through is instead of being like, you're doing this, asking what's happening. Mm -hmm. And actually you taught me that too. You're like, you're going to get a lot better result for me if you ask instead of like telling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I th- and I think that all goes back to the the idea of like normal. Mm-hmm. Like to me the communication is normal like like to speak once a night on the phone could be normal. Yeah. Right? And um or to be to be asked could be normal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think we need to also talk about some of like the trigger points because like that for me has been the biggest takeaway. So, so here's one thing we, we just outlined. I think that I'd like to state like your partner is not going to know what's normal for you unless you tell them like, this is what's normal for me. This is what makes me feel loved. Yeah. And I think that that was like a big, that was a big aha for me. It was like when I could actually say to you, Oh, this is what helps me feel loved.
1: Yeah. And, and like, No judgment around it either, Mm -hmm. like taking judgment completely out, being open, you know, like that. I think if anything, like that's that's the most normal that both people can agree on is like it's normal to be open and to receive openly, because I think there were times, too, where like you would tell me something like of what you needed to be loved or like the way that you perceive things or Mm -hmm. wanted to do things but i there was a part of me that was a little blocked off or like some of my ego that was like well that's not normal yeah you're you must be wrong because here's how it's really done
0: right well like something that you've recently that you've become great at is like taking accountability but you struggled with that in the beginning Mm -hmm. because i think so here's an interesting thing that even taking accountability was like a trigger point for you because of your past because a lot of times when you would take accountability there would be like a punishment attached to that. Mm-hmm. And so realizing that like you felt like every time there was something that I came to you with I was saying you're a bad boy. Yeah. And reacting from that place instead of me being like this hurt me and now you're more able to say like oh I see that that hurt her. I'm sorry that what I said hurt you.
1: Yeah, having the courage and and the accountability to say like I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that has been a big growth point. Hi, creative. I want to share a new show with you that I'm loving. It's a newly rebranded podcast called Podfluencer Society hosted by Angie Griffith. You may know Angie from hosting her podcast under the former title Four Things for Your Podcast. Angie defines a podfluencer as the creator who's building a thriving brand and business with their podcasts at the center of it all. On her show, you'll hear from the best of the best in the podcast industry, the creator economy, the entertainment business, and more with topics including launching, marketing, monetizing mindset, and whatever else it takes to achieve your big dreams. In the very first episode released under her new title and branding, Angie features a really special guest, Allie Reeves of All In With Allie, who recently rebranded her podcast after three years and over a million downloads from the title Six Figure Influencer. Angie and Allie do a deep dive into everything you need to know if you're considering a podcast makeover yourself including how to go with your gut instinct over an audience poll when deciding whether or not to rebrand, their best advice for how to choose a direction for your rebrand that will stand the test of time, how Allie's download numbers and social media engagement were affected by her podcast rebrand, and so much more. Be sure to check out the full episode titled In With The New, how to know if it's time to rebrand your podcast and what to do from there, featuring special guests Allie Reeves of All In with Allie. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts at Podfluencer Society.com. That's P-O-D-F-L-U-E-N-C-E-R Society.com. There'll also be a link for you in the show notes today. Now back to unleash. Okay, we we feel like we're getting a little bit too much in the weeds with like issues, but mm-hmm. I do think that those things are important to bring up. Like I just want to very clearly state to anybody, like If you're having conflict or feeling triggered by your partner, you're most likely not in a bad relationship. It's just that you're with a human who's also being authentic with you and that your triggers are rubbing against each other.
1: Yeah. And that's actually huge because I think in terms of getting in your own head and creating unnecessary anxiety, which I for sure am guilty of. Oh, yeah. Me too. I would just... I, I would... in. In those moments with lack of communication, I would think like this isn't normal. Is this normal? What's going on? What What about the what? As opposed to a simple ask, yeah, and just say like you know, or just being curious, mm-hmm. just being like, "Hey, I'm having a really hard time with that." Or would you mind like explaining why you see it this way? Right. Or, Can we talk about this? Even even something as simple as that. Can we talk about this? Oh well,
0: this is a big thing. Like realizing that the two of you may have literal different definitions of something. yeah. So like listening has been a big thing. yeah, and this is one of the most important things to Tim is to be listened to. Mm-hmm. And I would say this is only recently, like in the last month, clicked into place for me, mm-hmm. because his big complaint with me was always like, "You don't listen to me, you're not listening to me. I'm like, I am listening to you." And I would repeat back exactly what he said, but listening to him, means something different than it means to me. Mm -hmm. Like to me, listening is literally just understanding what you say and being able to repeat it back to you. And like I'm internalizing it, but like for him, he wants – in order to feel loved, Timmy needs a full-body listen. So when he – and like also to realize like because of the nature of my job and just like who I am in the world – I am a much more expressive person. So something that to me wouldn't be very precious, like let's say I'm sharing something about my mental health. Something to me that wouldn't be very precious, like to Timmy because he's more of a private person, is a big share. And so realizing like you can't treat someone the way you want to be treated. You have to treat them the way they want to be treated Has been, and that's something my friend Roxy, Roxy Stryer, who's been on the show before, always says, but it didn't really make sense to me until I started dating you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember us talking about listening, like a a moment we came to understanding. It was so interesting Mm because I said, you said like, what do you need? And I said, I need to be listened to. And you said, oh, you need to be seen. Yeah.
0: And That's even, the difference.
1: even that, like to me, you know, like there are two different senses, you know, oh. listening and seeing, but in my mind, so like I'm, I'm saying I need to be listened to, but to you it makes sense when you use the verb seen.
0: Yeah. Like Timmy was really, he was saying the word listen, but listen doesn't mean the same thing to me as it does to him. So what he really was asking for me to do is to hold space for him. mm mm-hmm and to see him and to understand him. It wasn't just like, hear what I say and be able to pair it back to me Yeah, because I've always been able to do that. And mm-hmm. I've always been able to like multitask. It's what makes me good at this job. Mm-hmm. But so that's, that's an interesting thing. And you, you may realize that like some of the conflict you're getting into and therefore like some of the mental health struggles you're experiencing could be due to the fact that you literally have different definitions of the same word or concept. And yeah, that they just mean different things to you. And that maybe the person feels they're giving that to you, but they're not because they don't hold the same definition you hold.
1: Yeah. And just clear communication or communication of any sort, just talking about it. And we, like you said, it took us a year and a half to get that really looked at, Mm -hmm. but, you know, mentioning it, communicating it and saying like, there's there's still something here that feels off or doesn't feel right. Or I think we could do more work around even just little mentioning like that mm-hmm. can go a long way, even if it takes you a long time to really get to the root of it.
0: Yeah. And just realizing too, that something that feels less important to you might be more important to your partner. That was a big thing yeah. for me too. Because there were times when you were sharing things, I'm like, oh, I would share that with anyone. And I'm like, well, that doesn't, that's what I would do.
1: Mm -hmm. What's important to him, Mm -hmm. you
0: know, what's important to Tim, Mm -hmm. him, Tim.
1: (laughs) What's important to Tim? (laughs)
0: Uh, So like anxiety is something that's for sure come up in our relationship a lot. Mm -hmm. What do we say about it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that anxiety regarding not knowing what the other person is thinking, not knowing what the other person is doing,
0: for me, the anxiety around you stems from not knowing how things will pan out. Like, I want guarantees in life in order to feel safe. You can be a much more open-ended person than I am. And that's challenging for me because you're like, let's see how it goes. And I'm like, let's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's and like, figure this out right now. Because I was like pushing it because this circles back to what we talked about in the beginning. But like. I felt so sure of you from the beginning, and you did two of me, so don't pretend like you did it. (laughs) (laughs) But I was talking a lot about like marriage and babies, especially babies, like in the first few months, and it was like way too soon. When you're dating in your 30s, like something fucked up happens in your brain, especially as a woman, where you're like, oh, I gotta lock it down now or else my (laughs) eggs are gonna all die. so I think I just wanted to know that we were on that track and
1: I I was very much not there like to me where where I was was like let's have fun let's have a good time let's get to know each other let's go out on dates let's I mean biologically like totally understand but we, we were in two different rhythms two different places
0: yeah so like that was a conflict that came up and then I just dropped it and then naturally it was like once we got to be like nine months to a year in a baby's time it was suddenly easier to talk about but like that was something that was really really hard for me that I had to like breathe through I mean I I feel like anxieties come up a lot I mean mostly around communication honestly for me within the context of our relationship one thing too like you with travel plans like you just want to be like breezy and I mean it's to understand where Tim comes from and like how little anxiety he has around travel you must know that when he went to go to school in Europe he didn't even have a place to stay and he just arrived with two bags and was like I'll figure it out (laughs) (laughs) and he did to his credit but like that doesn't work for me and so that was a big thing that when we planned our trip to Europe, you were being like really lax about everything and kind of had that, like, we'll figure it out attitude. And finally, like a month or three weeks in advance, I'm like, if we don't lock this down, I'm going to have a panic attack. Like, Mm -hmm. I just need you to know, like, it's not like me trying to be controlling. It's not like I am having really bad anxiety every single day because we don't have this figured out. Can we figure it out together? And that finally, like the vulnerability of that clued into you, how important it was to me. And then we were able to like work through it.
1: Yeah. We know each other a lot better now. And I think even if I had just taken the time to look from your perspective and think like this, this is where she was coming from and this would mean a lot to her. Let's figure this out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and also like in, in that particular example, like I'm coming from having lived in Europe for three years and having traveled and booked and, and lived like, like that. So There's a part of me that knows like everything is going to be fine and it and everything doesn't always work out the way you want it to even when you arrive. Yeah. You know, like things change and stuff like that. But being more understanding of where you were coming from, of like this, this was going to be your first time in Europe. As an adult. Independently. yeah. Yeah.
0: Where has anxiety come up for you in our relationship?
1: I am very much a people pleaser. Mm hmm. And so I think a lot of like old conditioning around like, is she gonna be happy? Is what I'm doing okay? is Is this perfect? I, I gotta be perfect. Yeah, A lot of my anxiety can stem from wanting you to to feel full and happy and and at, at the at my own expense. And so even little things you know like today when I made coffee and the and the coffee overflowed oh, yeah. that gave me anxiety because I was like oh no I did it I did it wrong and and like you were saying earlier like for me when I did things wrong or mm-hmm. the the head of the household was not like pleased or whatever like it came with a punishment there was there's anxiety within me of just like ah like it's wrong like here comes the punishment
0: yeah when really like most of the time we just want to like I want to laugh about it yeah yeah you know but like sometimes he gets really serious like with the coffee I was on the phone with my parents and he was like oh why do you have to say it right now when we're on the phone I'm like babe like it's okay yeah I was like don't
1: look we have (laughs) (laughs)
0: he told me don't look don't look don't look over here okay i won't look but i hear it dripping (laughs) on the counter so it's still there (laughs) so we have plenty of paper towel we have plenty of napkins it's not a big deal i think that has been an interesting thing for me because like your anxiety comes on quick Mm -hmm. it's like you're super calm and then all of a sudden things have gone terribly wrong Mm -hmm. so that's been an interesting thing because like I think we're all cool and I'm like joking about something and then then you're like, oh gosh. And I'm like, what? Where did did that come from? I thought it was, everything was fine a minute ago. What is happening?
1: Yeah. I think with me too, like things can build, you know, like they they can build and layer on top. Maybe you're feeling it
0: inside for a long time and then it gets to this head and you can't hold it in.
1: Something sends it off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've seen that happen a couple of times and it's been like, so what do you think that is? Is it just you're not talking through what's building up to it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I think that it's related to this avoidant style of yeah. conflict. You know, of just like so. So imagine like ten different anxious moments that I've avoided. Aww. That all of a sudden on the eleventh one, it it all it spills over. You know, and especially something like this where like you are five feet away from me. And your parents are on the phone, and the coffee is overflowing, and like I can't avoid this. There's no, there's no running, there's no getting away. It's like it's happening right now, yeah, in real time. But you've
0: been in my house, and you know how chaotic it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the it's 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 a non-issue. Yeah, but in in that moment, it was like, ah, don't look over here. <laughs> Nothing is happening. Don't look behind. the the man behind the curtain. <laughs>
0: What do you think you need in order to feel safer to express some of those anxieties as they build so that they're not so big when they do finally come out?
1: I don't know. I'll, yeah. I'll start with that. I'm okay. not sure. I'm working toward understanding, but I will say that like just us spending more time together and mm-hmm. me making more and more mistakes and like yeah. breaking down that wall of being perfect, Yeah, has really helped. I think also you are really important to me and so I I really want to do my best to like be my best and so I th- I think there is an element of that of like understanding that perfection is not necessarily possible or and and for sure is not always attainable and and just letting it like not taking things so personally and not letting it be a big thing Mm -hmm. like I know that you love me and I know Mm -hmm. that I love you and I know that we're both really really important in each other's lives and just knowing that I'm gonna try my best to do my best and you're gonna understand that I'm trying my best to do my best and just that understanding can alleviate a lot of the pressure and anxiety of trying to be the perfect boyfriend
0: yeah I remember one time I don't know if you recall this but in the beginning maybe not the beginning maybe like six five six months in I was like Tim you don't have to be perfect all the time you're like I don't think I have to be perfect all the time do you remember that
1: (laughs) it's something similar I'm sure yeah you you
0: were like upset that I called you out on that Mm -hmm. and you said I was wrong about that so I'm just happy to admit you admit (laughs) I was right oh wow
1: wow way to plug it publicly on air (laughs) No,
0: yeah. I, no. No. I don't mean. It. I was joking, obviously, but like, it's it's cool to see you be able to ad- admit that and like actively be working on not removing, but like being kinder to that part of yourself that feels like if it doesn't play a perfect game, it's going to get in trouble. Yeah. Because it's not true. Like, I think that, that that's something that I'm learning through our relationship is like, I can be messy and still be loved. Mm -hmm. And I think I knew that from my parents, but I thought in order to be in a relationship or like to be good, I had to be perfect or like as close to perfect as I could be. And what I'm really learning from being with you is like, I can have parts of me that are hard and still be loved. Yeah. Fully.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the messy parts that like you and I just have grown and are continuing to grow to have compassion for, mm-hmm. and to understand like this. This is a very human part of my partner, and it may maybe it's a shortcoming or maybe it's just something that they're they're building more consciousness around. And in those moments, let me just have compassion for it.
0: What are you saying is a shortcoming?
1: No, I'm I'm thinking about myself <laughs> and my own shortcomings. <laughs> And glad that you have compassion for them. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, you know, what you're saying, too, is really important about, like, when we first started dating, as I think anybody does, they they really try to put their best foot forward, which is not exactly who they are. It's a fake foot. It's not a fake (laughs) I mean, it... It's sometimes it can be a fake foot, yeah. but I think the, the best foot is not always the continuous foot.
0: Let's say it's the most well-pedicured foot you've ever had.
1: You've ever had. <laughs> oh, the...
0: It's got gel nail polish on. Oh,
1: man. And you
0: paid for the callus removal. Yeah. And you also got the exfoliating treatment.
1: You spared no expense. <laughs> no expense was spared. You are a clean, clean. foot.
0: <laughs> and you're in a Christian Louboutin shoe. <laughs> And somehow it's comfortable.
1: So comfortable. The, the most comfortability, the best looking foot, and you're putting that one forward. That one's in the front. That is <laughs> right in the front. And then the more time you spend together, like that, be, because that, you want to do that. And, and uh-huh. the, there's, there are so many elements that come along with that. It's not that it's fake, It's and it's not that it's false, and it's... You're
0: also hyped up on love drugs. So yeah. like, who could think straight through that?
1: So... Over time, like you just, it, you you can't keep doing that. Yeah. Like, like you just, a- everything is against it. Mm-hmm. Time, energy, money, patience. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you will become who you most often are in the world. Like who you show up for yourself to be every morning when you wake up. Like you're not waking up in the morning and being like, "Yes, my pedicure and foot." You're waking <laughs> up in the morning. And you're like, "Oh, okay." I'm a little groggy today. Brush my teeth. Let me take a shower. Let me, you know, this sort of a thing, and that's eventually the person that you present to your partner. And I think there's something to that in terms of like taking off the mask and mm-hmm. and being your full self and your complete self, and and showing your partner like, hey, th- this is who I really am. Yeah. You know, and and can you love this? Do you have love for this? Are we compatible? Yeah. And then seeing your partner in the same manner and saying like, I, I you know, I'm a person with flaws, but I can still have compassion with you because I know you're a person too.
0: And we've talked about this on the show before, but like that moment of reveal where you realize your partner is a person is a bummer. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. But also it's like, that's when you actually start loving each other. Mm-hmm. Because when you love each other, when you've never had a problem, like that's fun and that's fine but that's easy
1: that's not real it's
0: not real like can you love each other through the harder moments i mean we both had a really hard 2022 our 2022 the bulk of it was i mean there were beautiful parts like going to europe but there were i went through a dark night of the soul and so did you and we did it at the same time we were i mean i was definitely struggling with situational depression last Mm -hmm. year were you
1: situational depression is like well, the situation like you're, you're in, in a in bad
0: situation and therefore you're feeling depressed from it yeah oh mm-hmm. yeah for sure i went through a like, complete identity crisis in the middle of this new relationship mm-hmm. which was like really really hard i mean it was great to have your support but it was also like we both were so wobbly and so the fact that like we loved each other and found ways to fall deeper in love even through that and then came out and like found our own individuality together, like our own individuality and then who we were as a couple together too was like super profound.
1: Yeah. I think that also harkens back to what we were talking about earlier about like in in those moments we were holding up the mirror to each other and the dark night of the soul might have been brought upon by us asking, like, is this normal? Are we who we say we are? Mm-hmm. Who are we? What are we doing? What are we doing in life? What are we doing in this relationship? where are we spending our energy? Is this the correct energy to spend? And that's kind of how it was for me, like this this big question of like, is this normal? But yeah, I mean, we we wanted to be there for each other, to show up for each other, to do the work together, ask questions, be as communicative as we could be, giving to each other.
0: I mean, for me, that that time period was really like the depression that I had stemmed from like, can I be happy if I don't get The things I've always said I wanted is my happiness or my self-worth dependent on my accomplishments. And I think the reason that came up was because of our relationship, because for the first time I had something worth slowing down over and I couldn't just spend my whole day working like I couldn't work from 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. at night anymore. Mm -hmm. And so. Then it started to feel like, well, if I don't work that hard, am I ever going to get my dreams? And if I never get my dreams, what's life worth? And so I had to figure out, like, how can I have an actually balanced life and have all these things that I want and also not put my self worth in anything outside of how, who I am on the inside? And so definitely the relationship brought it on. But that was a good thing because if I hadn't been with you, who knows how long I would have stayed on that hamster wheel for and now i feel like i'm not to a place where i have complete balance but i have a lot more balance than i ever did prior
1: to meeting you mm-hmm. balance <laughs> balance <laughs> I, I read a, a meme or like a like i a read thing. a meme i read a meme something on <laughs> twitter one. i don't know it was years ago but it was something like adulthood is people getting together in a room and just looking at each other and each responding balance <laughs> balance balance
0: yeah nothing's ever fully balanced but like more balance is better than none
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh yeah no it's all about balance it's all about balance
0: oh this was an interesting thing this is something i think we've just only recently realized like this was the root of so many things like a lot of conflicts not a lot but like we've gotten into a few conflicts over dishwashing i want to wash the dishes right away as soon as we finish doing the meal like i want to wash the dishes. Tim would rather just like chill for a bit, hang out, enjoy life. And that was really hard for me to understand. And so that's just one iteration. But like we have different paces, different internal pace. Like my internal pace is very like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And Tim, how would you describe yours?
1: Um, Very leisurely, yeah. like more slower paced and, and not like not in a bad way, but in a way of just like. Let's enjoy moment to moment. You know, mm-hmm. not, not every moment needs to be produced or attacked or sought after. Like every moment, just let it come. Just let it be.
0: And I don't produce every moment. <laughs> I don't attack every moment. Like when we're playing, I'm not doing that. Right. But like when we're trying to get something accomplished. Yeah, I do. But here's the deal. Number one, we probably need to learn from each other's pace. I think part of the reason I'm actually attracted to you is because I need to slow the fuck down sometimes. Mm. And maybe there's sometimes just considering that maybe (laughs) you need to pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) And so somewhere in between our internal paces is probably what is correct. Mm. But anyway, regardless of that, like we both need to respect where the other person is at. And the fact that like we just don't move through life at the same time pace
1: yeah you know? yeah and even you know and I think we also came to the understanding that again like a simple ask could, is really really helpful in these moments of just like you know let, let's take the dishes for example if you want them done right now and I'm, I want to like we've just had a nice meal like let's just sit and enjoy and like let the meal digest even a simple ask of just like hey it would really mean a lot to me if we could do half More, a little more than half of these right now, Mm -hmm. just so it's not so cluttered. And of course, then it it changes the dynamic of like, oh, yeah, you know, now I have a choice. Probably the answer is going to be, yeah, let's do a few dishes right now, as opposed to getting, building the anxiety in one's head or like building these um, ideas that might not even be there of like, he doesn't really care about me or like, he's he's so slow and it doesn't even.
0: I can devolve so quickly. It's terrifying. Mm. It's terrifying. Like one thing, I mean, I I wrote that song when you didn't call me back for three hours once. Mm -hmm. And the the lyrics are, in my head, I can write an award-winning screenplay of words you've never said, or you'll never say, and you'll never say. I'm so creative, but I don't know how to trust. How can I get secure in love?
1: Mm -hmm. Heavy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it started out with, "It's been it's been four hours since I've heard from him, and my head is going crazy. I'm in a spin."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the second verse is, "Now it's been five hours since I've heard from him, or uh, now it's been five hours since I've heard from you, and I'll feel bad if you're dead, but if not, screw you."
1: Wow. There you have it.
0: It's how I really felt at the time. Yeah.
1: But anxiety.
0: It, it is anxiety and it mm-hmm. can devolve quickly. And it's not just about that. Like, I also think the worst, like I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, what, what if he like, he, something's wrong and he's like, he's injured and he can't call me back, you know? So like that can happen. But I also think there's times this hasn't happened in a while. Like, I feel like I'm in a much more secure place with our communication now where like, I think I just feel more secure with you just in general. Our attachment is more secure, but I would also be like, does he even care about me? (gasps) Does he even
1: care? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The answer is yes.
0: But that's really, that's where a lot of anxiety has come out in the relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. The communication. The Mm -hmm. commie. Mm -hmm. commie. Commie. Gotta have good commie. I think that's the biggest thing for me when we talk about mental health in the context of a relationship is that it can look vastly different from mental health by yourself. Ooh. And so just having that awareness of like the world is not coming to an end. It's not that you don't know anything. It's just that it's a completely different dynamic and you might need to shift your perspective and be looking into different ways to support yourself mentally in in a healthy standard when you're with a partner. Ways that otherwise wouldn't be as apparent to you when you're by yourself.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I think one thing that being with you has really made me realize is like a lot of stuff, even from childhood that I hadn't worked through Mm -hmm. that again, like hadn't gotten the chance to work through in the context of other relationships because there was so much other stuff going on. Like I never got to look at that sometimes in some of the ways that you've loved me have made me realize like i love my parents. They're the best in the world, but like ways that they missed me because Timmy does listen in a different way than anyone I've ever met. And probably because he does a full body listen. But like realizing like, oh, there's like a few little things that, you know, there's things about me that my parents missed and that Timmy doesn't. So it's like it's helped me work through things with my parents, too, Um, and like bring some things up to them and provide an opportunity there to heal, which has been really cool.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean speaking about childhoods and things that we're reflecting to each other like I I still don't know that it's okay to ask for what you want. Yeah, baby. And so you help me realize that of like it's okay to have a feeling about something and and ask to be treated a certain way or ask for something that you want or need without any judgment or repercussions or mm. um the stability of of homeostasis just being like hey I could really use this right now and be treated with understanding and respect and non-judgment
0: yeah that was something we were just talking about today and I was like I asked you what would it take for you to feel safe enough to like start asking me for more of what you want because I want to, like I try to preemptively do that for you because I know It's hard for you, Mm -hmm. but I'm not always going to be able to, like, see into your brain. Although we are very psychically connected at times. Yeah, we are. Especially with our sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Like, he'll come in and be singing a song I've been thinking of all day. Ah. (laughs) Oh, I do want to say one other thing about triggers. This is an interesting thing that I've realized. Sometimes... When you see something in anyone, this doesn't have to be a romantic partner, but like often when you see something in your romantic partner that you're like really put off by, it's because it triggers something in you that you're afraid of. So for example, like Timmy just started out an amazing new business where you just called yourself like the handyman of the entertainment industry. Basically, Mm -hmm. like he's going to be doing editing. He's going to be doing like career coaching, all kinds of different things. And I was getting like really freaked out about your new business and kind of like micromanaging it and then I realized part of why I was freaking out about you doing this was because I am freaking out about all of my dreams and like the businesses I want to run but like haven't taken the leap on yet Mm -hmm. and so watching you do it was triggering. And it was a lot easier for me to like dive into you. And like, this is my codependent issues coming up, dive into you and try to like manage what you are doing. than for me to be like, okay, that's Timmy's. He's got this. He hasn't asked me for help. And, and unless he does, I'm going to leave him alone and trust him. And instead picking up the mirror and being like, Lauren, what do you want? What do you want to work on? And what would it take for you to take the leap and do it? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's like similar to you asking for what you want. Sometimes there have been times when I've asked you for what I want and it's been triggering for you because you don't know how to ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's like the thing that we're pissed off by or like that we want to control or micromanage in the other person is the very thing that we need to work on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And I'm I'm starting to come to a better awareness of that, of of what that feels like in my own body when mm-hmm. I feel something is wrong or I want to attack something, taking a second and definitely more than a second if I can to look at that within myself of like, why am I feeling this? And and it probably is going against something that my ego has constructed a story, a safe framework around that has kept me safe and helped me survive over the years. But when you're in a romantic relationship with someone and what they're saying or their dreams or whatever they're bringing up hits that, hits your ego and your body in a specific way, really taking a moment and taking some breath in and just being like, what about myself in my own life is this triggering? Yeah. And how, how can I address it in the best way for my partner and like really see them, really listen to them, really understand their perspective and not be sent into my own childhood trauma when I respond.
0: Right. Like realizing what of the situation is about the situation and what of the situation is about something going on inside of you or your past is a really important delineation that I think only like a year and three quarters in are we finally starting to understand. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's beautiful. Like it is beautiful. Reaching like a new level.
0: One thing we have definitely learned is like feeling into our bodies mm. when When either of us are triggered or upset or anxious, like to feel what's actually going on inside. So something we'll sometimes ask each other when either of us is going through something, whether it's something that's happened in the context of our relationship or something we're individually dealing with, is what does it feel like in your body? Like where are you holding that tension? And I feel like that's been a huge tool for us, is to like realize how either each other's actions make you know, like if I say something that hurts you, how it makes you feel in your body or vice versa, or just like how either of us are doing and like really honing into that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I second that notion.
0: Wow. And then we we meditate together, which has been fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And you know, like that probably subconsciously helps us get on the same wavelength yeah it's like meditating together and better together yeah stronger together
0: (laughs) my mom got us a pair of pajamas and my mom and i our pajamas say better together and my dad and tim say stronger together so now sometimes we say to each other better Better together together. stronger stronger together
1: together. (laughs) Uh. there's a lot here We've talked about yeah. a lot.
0: You have me freaked out that we didn't do enough like mental health, but I feel like conflict is directly related to mental health. Yeah. Like conflict is mental health.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because how do you, because dealing with conflict and compartmentalizing it and letting it go through your system. Yeah. It is.
0: It's like your nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. Like the amount of times I've brought one of our conflicts into therapy is a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the amount of times I've brought conflict into the universe, like our conflict and been like, why? Like, is this normal? Yeah. yeah, and, and I think that is normal. And I think that, you know, just in terms of like on a biological level, right, like stress or anxiety, these things that we're talking about, like that are hitting the body and the nervous mm-hmm. system finding tools and techniques and the communication to deal with that Mm -hmm. is so paramount in terms of keeping a healthy mental state.
0: Yeah. So in summary, I think when two parties are coming to a relationship authentically and as healed as they possibly could be as individuals, even then when you're coming to a relationship authentically, you are going to experience some conflict because mm-hmm. neither of you is just being a yes person.
1: Yeah, by nature, you're, yeah. you're coming with two different perspectives, yeah. two different walks of life.
0: And I want to say one other thing. It's good to have someone you don't agree with everything on because mm-hmm. otherwise, first of all, like it makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Second of all, you learn from them. Just even down to like the pace of Tim and me, Like I need to learn to slow down and breathe sometimes. And Tim won't admit this yet, but sometimes, do you think maybe? Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I think there are moments where being fiery and, I mean, I I would I would say like demanding more from life, like yes, that's, that's that's what it. I see from you. I think demanding more from life, which is what you do very well. Yeah, like that's I think from the pace that you live at that is what you're drawing out
0: yeah and i'm not demanding it so much as like i really effing want it and Mm -hmm. i'm going for it Mm -hmm. and i'm going to do everything i can like i know there there's a limit to like i can't force something to happen but i'm going to do everything in my power to like ask for everything i want Mm -hmm. and to go for it yeah and that's where that that pace does come in handy yeah and also, just when I'm getting tasks checked off, check,
1: check, check, check yeah. check. yeah, yeah. I agree because, like one, like one day we will lose our ability to run. Yeah. And and we will regret not having run when yeah. we had the chance when we
0: had the fire. Yeah. Under our feet. Yeah. Oh, and yeah.
1: you you run very well. Yeah. And I, I'm a marathoner. I, I don't run as well. <laughs> so that I could learn. I'm from. a sprinter. Hmm.
0: You maybe you're more of a marathoner. I'm more of a sprinter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think I could, I could definitely learn how to sprint. And I could learn
0: how to marathon because I tire myself out.
1: (laughs) Communication, baby. See, we reached a compromise. Yeah,
0: we did. Okay. I feel like we're in a good path. Anyway, hopefully some of this was helpful. Yeah. I don't know what we said. Yeah. (laughs) I love you. I love you too. So in summary, there are certain things that you can never really know about yourself and your mental health until you get into a good relationship where you're coming to it authentically. Yes. There's just certain things like I could not have anticipated until I was with somebody who held up a mirror to me Mm -hmm. and it was necessary and it was hard and it was uncomfortable at times. And it was also really beautiful and loving and deep. And now that we're on the other side of, you know, the initial shock, just like i never knew love could be this much fun and also involve this much growth and healing really yeah because you've also healed a lot of things like i won't say the specifics of the situation but i do want to share this there was like a conflict that had come up a couple times and i've been used to in every single past relationship i've ever had and even like non-romantic relationships that were deep and intimate like I will bring up something that has hurt me and the person will just like either say they're going to do it and then not do it or just shrug, it off. shrug it off and I have to keep fighting for that thing that like I need in order to feel safe and loved. And so this conflict came up like a second time and I said, I just, I don't know if I can like deal with this particular thing. And Tim was like, Okay. I've got you. It's all good. Yeah. This I've isn't good. Rec-
1: recognized your pain yeah. around it.
0: You're like, this This isn't going to happen again. And, and I literally looked at you and I said, what? <laughs> 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 and you were like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. It makes sense. You're right. Like, I want you to feel loved. I want you to feel taken care of. And I think we can just move on from this and like, not have this come up again. And I was genuinely so confused that it could be that easy and you could feel that loved. And suddenly like all those other times where I wasn't seen, where I wasn't listened to, where I was placated, it was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. This is what it's supposed to be like. Like it's not always easy, but it's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's, that was like months ago, never been an issue since then. Yeah, relationships can be hard and triggering, but also so, so healing in a way that I never could have gotten that healing without you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Without a relationship, I I couldn't have gotten it alone. Mm-hmm. I needed to have another person like really see me in that way. So thank you. Thank you. All right, my babes. Whether you're in a relationship or not, I hope you're staying mentally healthy this month and always. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please tell a friend about it. It is the best way to spread podcasts or spread person to person. Um, So definitely send it to a friend. Remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts. Follow and review the show on Spotify. Thanks to Liz Full for writing the show's theme music. You can follow her at Liz Full. Timmy, tell them where they can find you.
1: You can find me at The Feisty Rascal. And if you're interested in my handyman interests in the entertainment business, you can find me at Feisty Productions.
0: And you can follow me at Lauren LaGrasso at Unleash Your Inner Creative. Be sure, if you like the show, to post about it. And my wish for you this week is that you're able to be vulnerable in your relationships. Vulnerability changes everything and just makes life so much richer and more fulfilling because you can finally have true connection so i love you and i believe Believe in in you you. oh timmy yes let's do it together we love love you you. wait one two three we We love you and we believe believe in you. you talk with you next week